The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. This is the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Seven after seven. It is Wednesday night. Welcome to the second show this week. More on the weekend, of course. Reaching out any other time that we're not on air here, feel free to do so. one 821 5900 Help at employmentlawyer.ca. The email address we will go to tonight. But the phone calls are always a top priority here, as you know. So if you've got something, some questions about your job, COVID-19, returning to work, vaccinations when it comes to your workplace, all that stuff, and more, Anything we've been talking about for years on air, you can bring those questions up. Do not be shy. Don't be bashful. You're helping other people and possibly answering something that may, they may have been wondering about as well. So you want to do that, we'll uh, we'll get at her. 416-870-6400, again, is the number. It is live now till around 10 to 8, so feel free to use that. Our good pal Alex Luchaferro is covering the show tonight, doing all the proverbial heavy lifting. Alex, my brother, it's been a while since I talked to you. How are you? What do you got, uh, what do you got going on tonight? Hey Johnny, thanks very much. Absolutely great to be back. It's been uh, been too long. Uh, yeah. It's also been a you know busy start to the week for uh, for us, fielding lots of questions and uh, calls, people calling in about you know, questions uh, about their employment, about workplace safety, about termination and severance pay. Uh, you know, of course, lots of questions about COVID nineteen and how that's affecting the workplace and you know we welcome all of those questions and all of those contacts whether it's by email uh, or whatnot john i mean it's always encouraging when people contact us and seek out that help seek out that information and that the advice that they need to actually resolve their workplace problems you know whether you want to call into the show right now which would absolutely be great i mean let's get those problems resolved right now if you're you know if you're if your chest is heavy with a problem at work, you're dealing with a difficult boss or you've been let go or, or there's just something wrong about the situation you're dealing with uh, at work, give us a call. We can resolve your situation right now. You know, I always say, John, I don't know much about anything else, but I know a lot about employment law. So mm-hmm. let's resolve those those workplace uh, uh, problems. And, you know, it's important to remember employment law hasn't changed because of COVID. Severance still works the same. When there are changes to a term, to the terms of employment uh, in the workplace, you know, employees still have the right to refuse those kinds of changes. Health and safety is still just as important, if not more important, than it's ever been uh, in in the workplace. So again, if you're dealing with any of those issues, feel free to call in. If you're too shy to call into the show, if you're too bashful, contact us at the office. Uh, you know, John, obviously, you'll give out the number and the email address over the course of oh, the yeah. show. Uh, don't be shy. Don't be shy to reach out to someone for that help to resolve those workplace issues. And so to get us all warmed up and get us kind of started and, and ready for the show, obviously we're going to start uh, start with the week that was. It's oper- an opportunity to talk about a couple of matters that came across mm-hmm. my desk this week and, and just this week. I mean, just in the past couple of days, John, I've spoken to so many people and these are just a couple of examples of the situations that people are dealing with on the ground, in the workplace. And I think there's there are a couple of good lessons there. First situation is uh, involves a short-term employee, uh, John. And so this employee uh, was with uh, their employer for about a year and a half uh, in a software developer role, so in a kind of IT 
uh, role. This person specialized in uh, in software development. Again, with the company for a year and a half, so you know, not too long. Uh, sure. Actually, started the job right at the beginning uh, of 2020, before the the pandemic hit. A uh, very nice lady that I spoke to. She was in her early 40s, and she was let go from her employer. Uh, the employer offered her four weeks of severance, so about a so about a month's severance pay. And she reached reached out to us and wanted to know, well, is this a reasonable package? And she actually reached out quite confidently to me, uh, John, saying, "Hey, Alex, I just want your take on this." I know it's a good package. I just want your stamp of approval. Could you just let me know that, you know, a month is actually a pretty good deal in the situation and I can just sign off. So this lady already had the preconceived notion in her head, John, that one month was perfectly reasonable as a severance period for an employee of a year and a half. She was ready to sign off. And I'm actually surprised, John, she didn't sign off before even talking to me. Luckily, she didn't. She wanted to speak to me first. Yeah. And here's what I told her. And here's the message that I wanted to relay to our to our listeners, John, which is even as a short-term employee, even as an employee who's only been with the company for a year and a half, this lady's severance entitlements are actually significantly more than just a month's pay. Based on her age, her position, and your years of service, and even only that one and a half year of service, she's mm-hmm. going to be looking at three or four months as a severance package. And that was absolutely shocking to her, John. And it might be shocking to many of our our listeners out there. How could it be that an employee of only a year and a half can get three or four months of severance pay? That's the way our law works here in Ontario. John, it's actually quite protective of employees in that respect because even though it's relatively short service, it might actually take this employee as long as three or four months to go out there and find another job. And that's what severance does. It actually holds an employee over until they can land on their feet and find that next employment. So this lady was absolutely floored uh, that I told her that she'd be looking at three or four months. And I actually responded by saying, actually, no, that's exactly the way the law works. And almost all employment lawyers should know that uh, or do know that. So we're going to be working with this lady, get her the severance that she's owed, uh, it's not going to be complicated. It's not going to be difficult. Uh, you know, employers know this stuff as well. They offer these kinds of packages, significantly lesser packages, because they're just hoping the employee signs and accepts. So short service employees, don't Sorry, be buddy. bashful. Sorry, John. Don't be bashful. If you're a year and a half employee or a very short term employee, even a few months, uh, you know, within the job and you're let go, you're going to be owed a significant severance package. Don't sign off on just a couple of weeks. You're owed more than you know the number, one 821 5900 That's to reach Alex, a member of his team, and the rest of the crew at the firm with uh, with your questions. But always here and now is where we go. Uh, Shelly, thanks for standing by for a couple minutes. Uh, how are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Brilliant. What's, uh, what's on your mind? Um, I was at my job for about a year and a little bit myself um, before they decided this incident. Um, they terminated me for what I supposedly did, which I don't think I did anything, but uh, um, they were, uh, the management was targeting me for different things, and I felt I was uh, retaliated against, and um, like I say, I'm PSW, and I work in a retirement home, and I care for residents, and they're the most vulnerable people that you can look after, but the boss always interrupted me to, to work a shift, or she'd ask me if I wanted to work a shift, and I keep saying no, but... She didn't like that, so this is why um, 
I felt that it was uh, targeted to me. And um, because of this incident, I filed a grievance with the union representative, but I haven't heard anything back. Like, I haven't got a response back in two weeks yet, and I wasn't sure what should I do on that. Like, should I should seek legal counsel, or should I wait for the union to get back to me? Of course, yeah. It's a fair question, uh, Shelley, and, and it's a difficult situation for a couple of reasons. And, I mean, I'll, I'll answer your question directly by saying, because you are a unionized employee, Shelley, you can't actually get outside legal so your union is your legal representative. And so if you've spoken to your union rep, rep and you've filed a grievance or they're going to be filing a grievance or looking into it at least, you've done all that you could and the rest is up to them. You'll obviously be in, involved along the way. Uh, but again, you can't, you, know, you can't reach out to someone like me as an employment lawyer to have them represent you. You have to go through the union process, unfortunately. You know, unions are quite protective in a lot of situations, you know, good wages, good benefits, etc. This might be one of those areas where actually it might be better to be non-unionized. Uh, it's a very difficult experience that, you know, you might have going through that process. Now, all of that said, Shelley, if I can provide some kind of general advice, you know, not only to you, but to our listeners is when an employer is terminating an employee like this for what we call just cause, or, or what's known as kind of cause for termination, the bar is actually very, very high. We don't have to get into the details here, Shelley, but uh, you would have had to do something pretty terribly wrong to be terminated for cause without any kind of severance whatsoever. So, you know, that favors employees. A lot of times employers will allege cause where actually they don't meet that bar. The threshold is too high. And in a case like that, listen, in the unionized setting, Shelley, you might be owed your job back. In the non-unionized setting, that employee is going to be owed severance. And again, the severance is going to be significant. So, uh, you know, again, the bar is high when we're talking about just cause. In your situation specifically, Shelley, you're going to have to stick with your union for better or worse. Okay. All right. Shelly, appreciate you reaching out. And that's, you know, a lot of people don't realize that they, they, Alex, may have been in unionized jobs for years and years and years. And now something's come to the surface, like a situation that Shelly has or other things. And they figured, okay, I've heard the show before. Maybe I'll give Alex a call and get this solved. Not so fast. You can't do it if you're part of union. For all the benefits on the front end of being a union member with, uh, you know, your, your somewhat job security and other things we've talked about. There's that one dark area as far as reaching out with severance, et cetera, being a union member where you really can't help as a lawyer, right? Yeah, that's exactly right, uh, John. And I mean, it, it does get quite difficult, to, you know, when we're talking about terminations because, number one, my general experience is that when it comes to union representation, when it's a union kind of fighting for an employee through the grievance process, a lot of employees will have a very difficult time going through that process. They don't feel like they're getting proper help. They don't feel like they're getting proper representation. And that's obviously a struggle for an employee. The other thing I should add when we're talking about termination of, of unionized employees is their severance entitlements are going to be minimal because their severance entitlements are limited, contractually limited by the collective agreement. So it might not be an analysis of age, position, and years of service, which gives you you know the maximum severance possible. It's going to be whatever's in the collective agreement. And I guarantee you it's going to be far less than an employee's full full entitlements. 
short break is what we're going to take now. Give you some time to grab a phone, and Alex is standing by to answer all your questions just like you did with Shelly. Don't be bashful. we got lots of open lines and plenty of time. It is 416-870-6400. The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca to reach out now as well. And we'll get to the topic of lost your job due to COVID-19, what you need to know. That is on the way. All just ahead. Employment Law Show, Global News Radio. You are listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio. Welcome back to the Employment Law Show on Global News Radio. Yep, that's the way to go. 416-870-6400 to call now and ask your questions with the remaining time of the show. Email is help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to mention as well pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That website is all designed for you. It's got all the information you need as far as employment law. Basically, before you even pick up a phone, you can spend some time there. You'll check out the severance pay calculator, which is rolled into uh, Pocket Employment Lawyer now, by the way. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. But lots of time, man. Lines are quiet, so they're open. Feel free to call us and ask your questions. 416-870-6400. Okay, lost your job due to COVID-19. This is affecting tens of thousands of people across this province and country as well. Of course, you do practice on the West Coast and the East End as well, so it's good for you guys to involve people in this knowledge, uh, Alex. What you need to know, number one, you do not have to sign any termination papers or accept any severance offer on the spot or by that magic deadline, right? Yeah, this is a question, uh, John, that uh, you know I don't think will ever go away really in my line of work. I mean, literally every day I have to advise people. And, and listen, uh, I, I can understand why they ask the question, you get, you know, you get a letter. You get sat down for a v- meeting. It's probably a virtual meeting nowadays, uh, and you get handed or emailed a letter saying you're no longer employed with the company. Here are a bunch of terms and conditions that we'd like you to sign. And oh, by the way, you have until Friday to do so. I can understand why the panic sets in. The reality of the situation, John, is that uh, the legal analysis, the way severance works, what you are owed as an employee who has been let go, doesn't change Friday at 5.01 p.m. uh, or any other time for that meter. Those deadlines are artificially imposed by employers because they want to exert some pressure on the employee and force them to sign. Um, Most companies will give an employee, you know, a week or so, which is not terribly unreasonable, but again, the panic sets in, the pressure sets in. So, you know, the advice that we always give is don't fall victim to that pressure. Don't sign on the spot. That's for sure. And, and I hope that, you know, all of our listeners know that as a matter of, as a matter of course, whenever you're sat down by your employer and you're suggested something or given a letter or given something to sign, don't sign on the spot. Even if it's not a termination letter, take the information home with you. Have a have a look at it when you know when you've got a cooler head, uh, and then get employment advice uh, from an employment lawyer if need be. But make a decision once you've had a time to consider the information. And certainly, if you've been made a severance offer and you're given some sort of artificial deadline by the company, 
don't worry about it at all. You want to get moving on the issue. So you want to give us a call, have a chat about the severance offer, get some advice from one of our employment lawyers, uh, but don't feel pressured into signing just because of the deadline. At the end of the day, it's not going to affect what you're actually owed. You can call now. That is also an option to talk about what Alex is talking about. 416-870-6400 to do that. COVID-19, lost your job. All these facts are what you need to know. Severance based on many factors and can amount to as much as 24 months. Not weeks, not days. 24 months severance pay. How about that? Yeah, that's correct. And and listen, we've got a, a loyal group of listeners, uh, John, so as you know. So for those of you who have been listening for a long time, you know the way severance uh, works for those of you that don't know, uh, and as I explained at the top of the show, severance is going to be based on an employee's age, their years of service with the company, and their position within that company. And the analysis is actually pretty straightforward. The older you are, the longer you've been with the same company, and the more senior or the more specialized your position is, the more severance you are going to be owed. Uh, and that severance can definitely be as much as two years. John, that's not some sort of pie-in-the-sky number. That's actually a pretty routine number for long-service older employees that might be closer to the age of of retirement, Uh, or alternatively for employees that are in kind of very senior or very specialized positions. Severance is not going to be, John, a week per year of service or two weeks per year of service. And there is a ton of misinformation out there uh, that says exactly that. And, and employees come to us all the time saying, well, hold on a sec. I thought uh, your, my severance was only going to be a week per year of service or two weeks per year of service. And again, we spend lots of our day, uh, you know, busting those myths and clarifying misconceptions when it comes to severance. Chances are your severance is going to be closer to about a month per year of service, uh, you know, if you're a few years into your employment. And, and as I described again at the top of the show, if you're a short-term employee, it might actually be something like six weeks or two months per year of service, depending, again, on your age and, and your position. So don't just assume that the company's severance offer is correct. Oftentimes, companies will offer far less severance than what an employee is actually owed. Get get the severance package, get the severance offer, walk out of the company with your head held high, uh, and speak to an employment lawyer right away so that you can get proper advice you will be surprised at how much severance you're owed as an employee. Well, I think a lot of this stems from the fact that, you know, people have lost their job. Okay, it's my job, it's employment, so where do I go? I go to the uh, the ministry, right? I'm going to go there and, and find out what I'm owed, and they'll say, oh, yeah, yeah, a week or two weeks per year, and you're good to go. So they look at their offer going, well, my, my, my employer nailed it. No need to go any further, and there's so much money left on the table all the time because people go to the Ministry of Labor when they really shouldn't when it comes to severance, right? Yeah, yeah, that's absolutely correct, uh, John. And again, it's it's another misconception that, that you know we have to correct on an almost daily basis, which is, listen, the, the Ministry of Labor can help you on a lot of things, right? They can help you if you're looking for overtime pay. If you think your employer's miscalculated your overtime pay, John, you can go to the Ministry of Labor. If you have an issue with vacation pay, or, you know, statutory holiday pay, something like that, you can go to the Ministry of Labor. By all means, that's what they're there for. When it comes to severance, when it comes to the end of an employee's employment with a company and what they're actually owed, the Ministry of Labor is absolutely the wrong place to go. Uh, They cannot tell you 
what your full severance entitlements are. They will actually mislead you and tell you what your minimum severance entitlements Mm. are that have nothing to do with your full severance entitlements Mm -hmm. with the analysis of age, position, and years of service. So they might actually tell you the wrong thing, uh, John. Not only are they, you know, silent on the issue, they might actually do harm. So by all means, do not go to the Ministry of Labor, uh, when you're considering, uh, severance pay. Go to an employment lawyer. Listen, if you don't like me, if you don't like us, that's fine. Go to another employment lawyer by all means, uh, but don't go to the Ministry of Labor. They are not going to assist when it comes to severance. And I think it can actually get worse, can it? If you open a file with the Ministry of Labor and wait too long beyond a week or a couple of weeks, you can't retract that, which means now you can't, having heard this show, call you and have you take care of the process. You're locked in, right? That's exactly right, and John. I mean, I, you know, your your knowledge just knows no bounds. Uh. You you might as well be the employment lawyer yourself. You're you're absolutely correct. Once you open a file with the Ministry of Labor and actually file a complaint for for termination or severance pay, that then becomes your only possible avenue. You can't back out and then seek your full severance pay with an employment lawyer. Uh, or you know directly through the company or through you know the the, the legal process uh, you're now stuck in that ministry of labor process and that's going to limit your options and potentially limit your actual severance entitlement so again it's just completely the wrong way to go uh, you know our, again our longtime listeners will definitely know that for our new listeners out there again if we're talking about severance don't go to the ministry of labor it's the absolute uh, wrong thing to do give us a call more than happy to help when it comes to termination uh, terminations and severance pay. We offer free consultations, so there's no, you know, there, there's no monetary requirement when dealing with this kind of stuff. You can talk to one of our employment lawyers for free. So you know, there really shouldn't be any impediment whatsoever to reaching out to us, having that conversation about severance and figuring out what you're actually owed as an employee. Free consultation is uh, is pretty awesome. That number, by the way, when we're not doing the show, it's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Here now until about uh, oh another fifteen minutes at least to go. You want to get a hold of Alex? Uh, you know, open up his brain, man. Poke him for answers. You got him for the remaining time of this show. Four one six eight seven zero. 6400 now people don't know this and a lot of employers over the past year rightly so i mean they're you know they're they're going belly up a lot of a lot of workplaces are going belly up and they're just not paying the severance that they they legally should be but you know it may not be a malicious thing but you are entitled to full severance pay even if the termination is somehow related to covid-19 right yeah that's absolutely right and, and you know it, it has been a very difficult year both for employers and for employees uh, John, and, and I think it's normal for people to assume to a certain degree that maybe po- COVID has changed the rules of the game a little bit when it comes to severance, when it comes to employment. And, and that's just not the case, John. Our severance uh, laws and more generally speaking, our employment laws really haven't changed at all. Even when it comes to things like temporary layoffs, even when it thinks, comes to things like constructive dismissals, or what's otherwise known as significant changes to the terms uh, of your employment, those two things specifically are still not allowed. They still require an employee's consent if you're going to be temporarily laid off or if there's going to be a major change to your work, the employer needs the employee's consent. And that's always been the case, and it continues to be the case, uh, John. And the same thing applies to severance. So if an employer is pleading poverty, and they're saying, I'm sorry, because of COVID, we just can't afford to pay you your full severance entitlements. That's nonsense, John. That's not the way the law works. Even if the company is struggling, 
an employee's severance entitlements don't change. This is well established. This is not niche, very technical legalese stuff, John. This is common knowledge in the employment law world. An employee's severance entitlements are still based on their age, position, and years of service, and they're still what they should be, whether the company is doing great and is bursting at the seams with money or whether it's struggling. That's the way our law works uh, in Ontario and throughout Canada, and that's the way it should be because you know it's not going to be any easier for that employee to find new right. work once they've been let go. And again, that's the point of severance. Shouldn't depend on whether the employer is doing well or not well. It's going to depend on how long that employee actually needs to go out there and find another job, making a comparable income. So, for those of you that are you know hearing from employers saying uh, you know sorry we can't pay you your full severance because we just don't have the money. Don't fall for it. It's not true. It's not the way the law works. Make sure you get your full severance entitlements. And certainly, if you need help, don't be shy to reach out to us. Yeah, and to your point you just made there, I mean, especially in the last year and a half with COVID-19, that you might actually, I'm sure you've come across this, had cases where uh, folks who have been let go lost their job, they actually might get enhanced severance based on the fact that one of the factors is availability of, of, ready, of, of work. And with so many people being laid off, possibly in your field, if you have been let go, there's fewer jobs out there for you to get. Therefore, there's more time needed to get that job. Therefore, you might be able to get a little more than normal. Is that right? Exactly. That's absolutely correct, John, which is actually the argument might work the other way. Right. Uh, A termination because of COVID might actually enhance an employee's severance entitlements because of the rationale you just mentioned, which is, well, because of COVID, and of course it's all industry specific, but because of COVID, if you're really struggling to find that next job, there's no question you're going to be owed your full severance entitlements and maybe even then some in addition to that, again, because of your particular circumstances. So it might ultimately work to the employee's benefit in a situation like that, not to their detriment. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we are seeing a lot of employers use those kinds of, of tactics. It's up for employees to stand up for their rights, stand up for their full entitlements, and make sure that you know they have the fun- financial compensation that they need to hold them over until that next job arrives. Let's grab a uh, call in between. Peter, good evening. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Hi, good evening. I'm fine, thank you. Um, I have a question. Uh, if an employer is uh, relocating and an employee doesn't want to travel to the new, new location, is the employee entitled to any severance on the grounds that the conditions of employment have been changed? It's an excellent question, uh, uh, Peter, and it, it, the answer is going to be dependent on the degree of the relocation, meaning if this is a significant relocation and it's going to cause you significant turmoil in that maybe your commute is now extended by you know 45 minutes to an hour or maybe you know maybe the the relocation is halfway across the province or across the country that's a very obvious situation that yes can lead to what we call a constructive dismissal meaning you would have the right to refuse the relocation obtain a severance package and get you moving on so i'll put it to you peter how far is this relocation is it is it just going to be a kind of minor in, minor inconvenience uh, or is it a significant one i don't know yet i i just uh, heard a uh discussion at work that they may be relocating so the question popped into my mind fair enough and it's a good one obviously you'll have to see what the plans are 
uh, Peter, if they come to fruition. But keep that in mind. It's important information. Uh, and again, going back to a point I made earlier, don't accept anything on the spot. Don't feel forced to have to agree or disagree right on the spot. Whenever you're sat down for that meeting, say thank you very much. I'm going to take this information home with me, and I'll take a little bit of time to decide what I'm going to do. Reach out to us, Peter. Um, you know, again, we can have a chat. Uh, no commitment, no charge. Figure out what's what with respect to your situation. Uh, if again, if the change is a significant one, if the relocation is a significant one, you'll have options. One of those options will be severance. If you know, if the company's moving five minutes away from its current location. Well, then, you know, that's a no-brainer in the other respect, which is, well, you'll just go along with it. Okay, great. Thank you very much for your information. Greatly appreciate it. And thanks for your time uh, this evening, Peter. Here is that number to reach out to Alex and the team. It's one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred one eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. help at employmentlawyer.ca. And when it comes to that, you know, the uh, the workplace being moved, change of location, again, that is employee-specific, meaning that if you and I have the same job, work at the same company, work beside each other every day, and they move the company, you know, X number of kilometers, and you're like, eh, it's okay, I drive to work, it's going to add an extra 10 minutes to my commute, back and forth, don't care, but I take three buses to get there, now i got to take six, that's a different kettle of fish, no? Yeah, that's exactly right, exactly right, uh, John, it depends on your personal circumstances, this is really well-established law. So, I mean, even a re- relocation that might be, again, adding, you know, half an hour, 45 minutes to a commute may very well be found to be a constructive dismissal, meaning that employee is going to be able to refuse having to relocate and get their full severance entitlements based on their age, position, and years of service. I, I mean, it-, it could be as simple as if you live and work in Burlington and, you know, the company moves across the city entirely to Ajax or to somewhere on the on the east end, that's yeah. going to be a serious inconvenience. And uh, having lived so close to work for all those years, however long you've been working for the company, uh, again, that's the, you know, the degree of change is what ultimately matters. And of course, it's going to vary, you know, dependent on where that employee is living. And also, listen, nowadays, John, if you're working from home, listen, the company can be based anywhere, right? I, yeah. And I imagine some people will continue to work from home permanently, uh, even beyond the pandemic and once everything opens opens up again. So, you know, every case has its own merits and requires its own analysis. And again, that's the reason why if you're dealing with these kinds of situations, you have to reach out and speak to an employment lawyer first. Don't make the call on your own. Don't just listen to the radio show and say, oh, Alex said this, so this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> speak with an employment lawyer first. Uh, it's very easy to get in touch with us. Very easy to have that chat. Uh, you need to know what your rights are, what your options are before you decide what to do next. Losing your job because of COVID-19. We're going to continue giving the heads up with a few more of these points as we get down to the last few minutes of the show. Do not accept a termination for cause at face value. Yeah. So, uh, you know, going back to uh, the previous caller, uh, uh, John, which is, uh, which was a termination for cause. Uh, this is one we're seeing actually, more often nowadays for whatever reason maybe it's because you know the the belts are tightening uh, for companies and they're choosing to terminate employees for cause for the purposes of maybe saving some money there but again the bar is very very high when we're talking about a for cause termination cause or just cause means that you've done something so terribly wrong so fundamentally against the employment relationship 
that the employer has the right to end the end the employment then and there. Zero notice, zero severance. You're out the door immediately. All you get is you know your last pay up until the day that you worked, and that's all. That's all you get. It is without exaggeration, John, and we've used this term before because the law uses it. It's the capital punishment of the employment relationship. It's the punishment that's used for the worst of the worst offenses. We're talking things like fraud, things like theft, uh, you know, very, very serious offenses. If your employer just has issues with your performance, if they, you know, if there was a minor incident where maybe you didn't act perfectly appropriately, that's not cause for termination. And unfortunately, employers will use those kinds of allegations whether they're performance-related or conduct-related, they'll use even kind of a minor issue to allege cause for termination and try and get away with paying zero severance. Don't let them do that. Don't take that termination for cause. As we mentioned, at face value, chances are they haven't met the high bar that is a for-cause termination. And as a result of that, you're definitely owed severance in the circumstances. Get to another one of these. Uh, COVID nineteen lost your job because of that. And this one, a lot of, again, this whole sector, a lot of people aren't aware of this. That contractors are often owed a severance package. Yeah, we're really, you know, we're hitting the high points here, John, when it comes to termination of employment. And this is another big one, which is uh, lots of employees out there. More and more nowadays, actually, are being called contractors, whether they're called independent contractors or you know, you could put any other. Uh, any other name on it, uh, these employees are paying their own income taxes. They're not being deducted, you know, CPP or EI from their paychecks. They're being treated basically as their own businesses, as their own operations. And then when they're terminated, John, they get zero severance because the employer says, well, you're not an employee, you're a contractor. So we don't owe you any kind of severance. And that's absolutely nonsense. And it's nonsense for a couple of reasons, John. The first one is most of these contractors are actually employees. When you dig a little deeper under the surface, they're taking directions from the company, they're using company property, uh, you know, they have vacation pay, they get paid at regular intervals, they have, you know, they have the t-shirt with the company logo on it. <laughs> I mean, you name it, uh, you, you name it, John. Uh, you know, if it, you know, if it talks like an employee and it looks like an employee, you can call it what you want. Those people are employees, and because of that, they're going to be owed severance like everyone else based on their age, position, and years of service. Now, there are also situations where, you know what, maybe they are contractors for whatever reason. Maybe they do operate their own business, and they you know work from a home office, and they use all of their own equipment. If they rely exclusively on income from this one company... They are what's called dependent contractor. It's a term you know well. Uh, a dependent contractor is a contractor that works for only one company, or at least even predominantly for one company. And even in a situation like that, John, where again, the person is a contractor for all intents and purposes, those people are still owed severance like employees based on their age, position, and years of service. So again, chances are if you're a contractor out there and you've been let go, you're owed severance. Just because your employer has called you a contractor doesn't mean they magically get to get away with not paying severance. Otherwise, every single employer would be doing that. and would, There would be no employees. Everyone would be a contractor. The law is smarter than that, uh, uh, John, as, as we know. And so, you know, that, that's a great lesson. And, and it's one that I really like to talk about because it's quite common 
to see those kinds of situations uh, out there and see employees get very, very little, if not any, severance when they're let go as contractors and they're owed severance like everyone else. I'll wrap up with this uh, question. I'll give you a minute to answer this one. That is, you know, as far as that uh, dependent contractor and that one client that maybe is uh, bringing in most of the bread, is there a threshold where uh, where that is? Is it 50% of your income or 70% where it's now in a severance situation with that one client? Yeah, it's a good question, John. No, there's there's no fixed number, so I can't tell you it's 50% or 75%. You know, the the what the law uses is, you know, if the majority of your income is coming from this one company, and I guess majority means more than 50%. So maybe I do sure. put it around, you know, 60 or 75 or so, something in that range. But if the majority of your income is coming from this one company, they owe you either reasonable notice of your termination or pay in lieu of that notice, i.e. severance, again, based on your age, position, and years of service. It's not going to be 30 days or a couple of months. It's going to be several months for sure. And that will wrap it up for an evening. Alex, awesome as always, my uh, my brother. We're going to leave it at that. And uh, here's a chance to reach out to get a hold of Alex and his team or anybody else at the firm. would love to talk to you. Free consultation. Just have a chat. Get it straight, right? one 821 5900 is the number. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. If you go to employmentlawyer.ca, you'll find links to our long-running TV show as well. And then finally, the website full of employment law designed just for you. It's free. It's anonymous. Use it. Pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. We'll do it again on the weekend. Stick around, though. On Point is coming right back, as is Alex Pearson right here. Global News Radio. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio.